Greetings, friends. Welcome to the Pin Tool Podcast. My name is Al Wayman, owner of Creek Road Pottery in Laceyville, Pennsylvania, next to the cold Tuscarora Creek. Pull up your chair around the wheels. We discuss topics concerning the art and craft of pottery, good books, storytelling, marketing, and creating work that matters for folks who care. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Pin Tool Podcast. My name is Al Wayman, owner and artist of Creek Road Pottery here in Laceyville, Pennsylvania, next to the cold Tuscarora Creek. It's been kind of cold mornings still here at the Pottery Shed, and I woke up this morning, had frost on the old windows. It's just been real cold, but the afternoons are starting to warm up. The neighbors have been mowing their lawns, and I need to get my lawn mowed. My lawn lady, uh, called me and asked me for an update. I'm going to let it grow a little bit more before I have them come up. I I have some holes in the lawn that I need to fill. So we've been uh, enjoying the green grass. Dandelions are up. The daffodils are almost through growing now. Um, Some of them are fading out. And uh, next it'll be the lilacs coming on. So I just can't wait. Love the smell of lilacs. So in other news, I've been working on some projects this week and doing a lot of thinking friends i think a lot and probably i should do less thinking and more doing because i didn't get any pots made this week but i had some really good breakthroughs uh this week on how i'm gonna run a few projects that i had planned and i did research on those projects so i'm gonna start taking uh, some small steps towards making those things a reality. One of those things uh, that doesn't involve pottery involves putting in a garden. So me and my wife decided to do a garden this year. We've been living here for five years, but never have put one in. Uh, From where I grew up, we always had a garden. It was always something nice to do. So we're going to try it this year. I'm going to make time because between my job and the pots, I haven't really had time summers to do those those kinds of family things, we decided that it'd be good for us to do it. So I, we got a plot, little space planned out, found that the soil here was all rocky. So we're going to put in grow bags and we're going to see how they, they work. We were going to at first go with uh, plastic pails, but we're going to try the grow bags for one season to see how it works and then go from there. So we're hoping to uh, plant some tomatoes, some lettuce, and uh, some vegetables, and some herbs that my my uh, wife likes using when she cooks, and a whole host of other things we want to try. So hopefully that'll be interesting. We, we got a few pet rabbits in the lawn. They're not really pets, but they're not scared of us, friends. They These bunnies, they hop around. So I'm hoping they don't get into our bags, but we're going to try this thing. For the first time here and hopefully that'll be enjoyable back to the pottery uh, some ideas I had um, is around fermentation uh, back some time ago I made quite a few uh, fermentation crocks and I'd like to get back into that a little bit um, I've been hanging out in some homesteading groups and just enjoying myself and participating and talking to people on food preservation and learning about sustainability and uh, all kinds of things. And many people in there have been very helpful 
on how they do things. So that's been a blast. So I, I kind of want to get back into um, maybe trying some fermentation uh, and making some sauerkraut and a whole bunch of other things in those fermentation crocks if I ever get them done. Another project that I have going on uh, is the idea of creating uh, yeast growing containers for sourdough bread. So I kind of want to get, I had some ideas for some pottery containers. Uh, I, I want to do them up nice and then maybe make a whole run of them. And also it's a, it's a community builder, I think. And it'd be nice to share some of that sourdough starter, maybe with the people who bought the uh, bought the container, right? Handmade container, you get a starter kit right from the pottery, and it's a really nice community builder. There you go. You can you can take and run with that free idea I, I just gave you. See 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 how much value you have in this show already. It's only the second. It's only the second episode. All right, I'll quit tooting my horn today. We're going to talk a little bit about um, intentional action and and what that is in your work. And also, uh, intentional action on getting to know your customer and what they might like and what they're looking for and what they enjoy. And also, um, committing... To certain changes that you might need to do if your work process and if your results are becoming um, old news. So we're going to go over five things around the wheel today down at the studio. Um, and that way you can kind of maybe find out where you're at and readjust if you need to a little bit. So these topics might be a little bit hard to have, but parting, part of moving forward is uh, the ability to have and to hold conversations that we might not always enjoy having, right? And that's how we learn and move forward. So if you all want to grab your coffee and your drink, and we're going to go down to the studio now, we're going to gather around the wheel and find our pin tool I think I left it in the sponge, the old slop bucket. Somewhere it is. Um, somewhere it's at. <laughs> and we're going to talk about intentional action and what that might be. All right. So I'll see you down there. Greetings, friends. Pull up a chair around the wheel. Get your drink. Today we're talking about intentional action. This is a really hard topic because sometimes... Um, I end up making things and I wonder why my sales tanked and I look around and I realize maybe folks are simply looking for something new and then I have to go to ground zero, compose a product or design a product that they might enjoy and show it to them and be on the hook and see if they like it or not. If not, go back to basics and, and do it again until you find out what they might like. Now this all might sound kind of miserable. At the same time, uh, if you only make work you enjoy, 
I I would probably be only making mugs the whole time. Like I, I wouldn't probably get into half the stuff that my customers get excited about. Um, and I never would have. And I never would have challenged myself to get out there and actually make work that they enjoyed. So that's the whole thing. Now, I'm not saying that you can't make work that you that you only enjoy. Many people do, and, and they get by on that real fine. Um, but for others who feel they need to have their finger on the pulse of their customer and may not be totally into taking custom orders, might need to revamp their offerings and, and products to formulate something that their customers will be excited about and that they can enjoy. And you might not get it right every time. And just like the kiln loads that didn't work out, it's all a matter of testing. So there's a really good book that I read where I got these ideas from. It's called The Practice Shipping Creative Work by um, Seth Godin. And I love Seth's work. And uh, both he and Donald Miller have some really great ideas on marketing. And I've been reading quite a few of their books. And I base my whole marketing uh, planning and style off the permission-based, story-based marketing technique that both of these authors and thinkers um, promote. So here on page 150 of The Practice, there are five things that you can do to help you think about your work, and, and Seth lists them. And you can get this book. It's fairly inexpensive. And I'll see if I can post it in the link. But at first, he says, number one, one of the, one of the, there's actually six. One of the five is determine who, who your work's for, learn what they believe, what they fear, and what they want. So I mentioned earlier in the introduction that I'm a part of several groups of farmsteading. And I go in there not to sell at all. I go in there to learn about the customer and who I'd like to sell to, what kind of things they're buying, what kind of things they're talking about, what gets them excited, and to learn and get to know them and actually participate in the community myself. So I talked about fermentation. I'm going to be fermenting, friends, and I'm going to be showing the results of that and sharing that with the community. I talked about sourdough starter um, jars. I'm going to be making some of those. I'm going to have one myself. I might even give some away to friends to try and just have a real fun time in the community. That in turn allows you to get to know your community and what they might enjoy, like the genre. There are a lot of genres out there and a lot of niche communities that you can participate in and get to know the customer and the people that you think you might like to enjoy. And also, that goes back to, the, to my saying and, and making pots that matter for folks who care. So, so that's part of it because if you can make a product that you have time invested in and that other people can get excited about, 
And you're familiar with those other people so much that you could sell it to them and their friends in a very easy way and have that community connection. It, it adds a lot to your work and it adds a lot in telling your story about what you're trying to build as a body of work and the overall community that you're trying to foster. So it's, it's pretty amazing. So way back um, when I first started selling pots online, I had an Etsy shop before I got off Etsy. Uh, it was to the wet shaving community. And friends, I had no idea what wet shaving was. I never used a straight razor in my life. Um, but my brother-in-law asked me to make him a shave bowl as a gift. And uh, I made him one for Christmas. And I sent him up. And he showed me how to use one. And then I thought that was the coolest thing. So he added me to some groups. And it was down a rabbit hole. I love wet shaving, friends. And I shaved uh, for quite some time. I'm still very active in it. And I still do pots for the shavers, even though um, that is not 100% of everything that I do. So you can be in and participate in a few niches that might be covered on the things that you find enjoyable to find out who your customer is and who you're selling to. So I always laugh and joke, and the people that come here local for the local shows I have here at the Pottery Shed, um, I call my ideal customer Mrs. Davis. And she is a middle-class woman who has money of her own and has friends who likes to go out and enjoy herself on the weekends, who likes buying herself and her friends gifts, who likes maybe doing things, um, baking as a hobby or cooking as a hobby or entertaining friends as a hobby in her lake house. And so I try to cater to her as much as possible. And every project that I make here at the Pottery for those shows, I ask myself, would Mrs. Davis, likes, would Mrs. Davis like that? And I know that if I can melt her heart with casserole dishes, centerpiece, mixing bowls, those kinds of things, she will spend all kinds of money here if it's blue, right? So that's a way. Um, that those are just some examples on how you can determine who, what it's for, or who, or who it's for that you're making the work for, and you learn about them, like what they believe, what they fear, what they want. You will know everything about them but you just need to take the time to hang out with them and to learn everything that you can about them. So, so it sounds like a little, um, I don't know, it sounds like a little creepy, but you're participating. So you might be an introvert and you might be like, Al, I don't ever go outside. Well, if you don't ever go outside and talk to anybody, how will you know? what you're making will be enjoyable. And as I said before, there are plenty of people who never go outside and make some awesome work. But for the rest of us who, who may not go that route, we need to be up on 
what's going on and the kinds of trends people want to see in their homes and what your customers and what your fans want to see from you and get excited about. So that's just number one. Number two, be prepared to describe the change you seek to make, at least to yourself. Be prepared to describe the change you seek to make, at least to yourself. So, we can talk about the changes, we could even write them down, but if we don't commit to them and actually do them, and maybe we put it off through procrastination, we're, we're never going to get it done, and we're never going to get out there. And we're never going to show our work that matters to people who care. And a lot of times, uh, we may intend and have great intentions of making the change, and we may kick the can further down the road um, because we might say, well... I'll get to that change a little bit later. I don't really feel like doing that now. And it might be fear. It might be, well, I don't really want, want to make the change because I'm not sure how it's going to go over. But just like firing kiln loads, friends, you're going to mess up and you're going to have, just like you have a cry pile of failed work when you were practicing, you might have a cry pile of ideas that you were trying on your customers that didn't go so well. But then you might have those one or two that they love. And then you need to, you're making pots like no tomorrow. So you need to commit to the change, not only to your customers and talk about it, but also commit it to yourself. So you need to tell yourself, hey, you know, I need to make this change and this is what I'm going to do. And number three is care enough to commit to making that change. So actually revamping everything that you might do to make this product, make this new product that your customers might enjoy. So as an example, I could have said, hey, you know, I am not going to go out on my own. I want to stay on Etsy because it's easier. And um, I don't really want to be involved in the local community and all that mess. I want to stay in my basement and make pots, post to Etsy, and send them out in the mail. But when I had a neighbor come down and knock on my door and ask me if I wanted to participate in their Oktoberfest trail here, their pumpkin trail, and I was put on the spot, friends. I thought, oh man, you know, Etsy is pretty big, but I don't know how many people are going to come by local. Friends, I live way out here in the boonies. And I was thinking, who would come all the way out here? And this was before I even had the pottery shed in. Who would come all the way out here to buy pots off me? And I, I had this little kiln, and it only fired 12 shave balls. <laughs> It only fired 12 shave bowls at a time in gas because I only had room for three shelves. I put four to a shelf, fired out, load them to Etsy, and uh, then I would post them and see if I could sell them. So at that time, um, 
the lady from the orchard, she came down and she said, Al, we're having this pumpkin trail show and I found out that you make pottery and we want you to be in it. So I, I just said yes right there because I was scared. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. And uh, my wife looks at me and she's like, man, you got to be crazy. You never made that many pots before. <laughs> and the last time I made pots like that, um, I had a 10-year break. I worked, at, I worked at a pottery as an apprentice. And uh, I had 10 years where we didn't own our own home and we had a rent and I had all my stuff in storage and I was just getting back into it. And uh, I said, you know, I, I think I can do it. It'll be a test. And, and my wife, she was kind of, she was kind of afraid of it. And uh, she's like, oh, I don't want people showing up at my house and all these things. So I said, well, I'll get a pottery shed. And I'll put all my pots out there and see what happens. I'll, I'll run this year as a test. So a week before the show, I get this thing done. The pottery shed's in, and I get a contractor to put in a, a rock base to put the shed on. And I put all my pots in there, and I worked hard because firing things out 12, 24 at a time in that little gas kiln. I didn't have the larger kiln. And um, I had a little Amico updraft, and uh, I was firing like all week one right after another i put all my little pots on the floor and i had zero bigs in there and it looked like i was really worried and i went it was i think it was later that week i was firing pots we went to an antique store because i had zero shelving and we were panicking and then i found these wood fold up bookshelves from a priest who was um, getting rid of his library, $7 a piece. And there were like 10 shelves. And I was like, oh, thank goodness. So I bought them all right there. because it was the best deal I could find. I brought them all up here, set them up, and it looked great. And I just got lucky. So I, I set all the pots on the floor. And friends, I committed to that change. I was scared because I felt like I had no idea what I was doing. And I thought I was prepared for the worst. Nobody's going to buy these things. And I put them all those little pots on that shelf. And my neighbors came by and they bought the little pots. And when I sold my first one, it was very moving. And I almost cried. I had no idea what I was doing. I was trying to figure out the tax in my little, my little receipt book. <laughs> and I had to have somebody who showed up. I think my Aunt Joan was here one time helping me out. My Aunt Marie... And um, when somebody showed up, they were helping me how to fill this thing out and uh, helping me wrap. Because my, my wife ran for the hills. She's not a very people person. <laughs> she would rather hide. And I sold all day for all, I think it was a two-day thing. It wasn't three days at that time. And friends, that change was the best thing I ever did that I committed to because I put myself on the hook. And it allowed me to get off Etsy and develop a fairly, fairly decent um, local following. And I take nothing for granted. It could be all gone tomorrow. And they don't owe me a thing. And every show that I do here, I still think that, oh, man, this is going to be terrible. Nobody's going to show up. And um, miraculously, they still do. So 
that's just committing to the work and committing to yourself and caring enough to making the change. Number four, ship work that resonates with the people it's for. So you got to make sure that the people you're selling work to, it, it matches, right? So I'm not going to sell shave bowls to Mrs. Davis. She might buy a shave bowl for her husband or a friend that she knows or maybe as a gift. But friends, she's looking for the centerpiece bowls. She's looking for the, for the kitchen mixing bowls. She's looking for the soup bowls that will make her kitchen look farmhouse, right? Now, I'm not going to sell farmhouse soup bowls to the shavers. They might be able to use it, but you have to match up the correct product with the correct customer and make sure that resonates with the customer you're trying to sell to. And a lot of times, people get that mixed up a little bit. They're selling mugs to everybody. Well, me, <laughs> and that's a staple for potters. People, people do collect mugs. People do collect bowls. But there's some other things that maybe you could make that will resonate with your customer that you could make. So number five, once you know who it's for, and once you know what it's for, Watch to learn and determine whether your intervention succeeded. So if you're in the pits and you're like, oh man, sales are slumping and I'm not doing as well as I was 10 years ago and you need a revamp, right? And you make these changes, you committed to them and it resonates with people and you ship the work to the right people and they enjoy it. You need to watch and see if what you did was correct. So a lot of times we might not monitor that. We might, we might not monitor what we're doing right the way we should so we can do it more, right? So a lot of times we may sit down and we might, might think, well, I only have an estimate of how much I sold of these things. And friends, it's a money pit if you're making things that don't resonate and you're making things that might be for the wrong person or you're shipping the wrong things to the wrong person, right? Or you're making work for the wrong person. So it might be good to sit down and figure out what your best sellers are and gear your emails or marketing to target those kinds of people and have them in mind as you're making it like right from the start. So what I do, uh, a lot of times, I may go online and do live feeds of me making casserole dishes. Because I know there are Mrs. Davises out there who love baking casseroles, and she might be Baptist, and she might want to take that to a church dinner. And I might only get maybe 10 or 12 views, maybe 20 views on that video. And even the comments might not be very many, and the interaction might be low. But I know that the Mrs. Davises who care about casserole dishes are watching. And eventually they might enjoy what I'm doing enough, and that I might become 
uh, familiar with them enough, so they trust me enough to buy a nice handmade casserole dish off me. Are shavers going to be watching my videos? No. Are homesteaders going to be watching my videos? Maybe not. They might show up for the fermentation crocs. So all I'm saying is like, you need to know that what you're doing is working or not and give it some time to work. Because a lot of times you might ditch an idea too early, right? You may not hang in there too much. Um, you may not think long-term. You might think, well, I posted this video of this butter dish that I designed. I thought people go crazy over it, but it's been two weeks and I haven't heard anything. But two weeks is a little bit short, right? Especially if it's in the middle of July, everybody's on vacation. Like nobody's going to watch or nobody's going to know or nobody's going to see. Not unless you're in a touristy area. So you need to think about all these different things and see if the, the change and the new product that you made and you developed and the product that you found out who it was for and what it does if it and find out and track if it resonates and track how well it's doing over the long term it might take like six months right I, i've had some pieces sit in a gallery for almost a year then around christmas somebody might be searching for a gift for their loved one or something and hey i'm gonna take this home and i and i thought that thing would would rot down there and and the day before i go to pull it to put it someplace else or to give it a break for a while um they they call and tell me it's sold so those are some things that you could do number six is simply repeat that so once you find out something is working you can do more of it, right? So a lot of times, um, if you had no idea something was working, you might change too early. Or because you weren't tracking it, you might not care about it. And that's why it's important to track these types of things. Any way that you can track it. Some people use databases. Some people use spreadsheets. If, if, you, if you're good at Excel... Some people use programs like HubSpot to track customer interaction and the items they sell and how many. And uh, on top of that, I, I use a uh, journal, which I write down how many I sold of something and how many pieces I made for these shows. So if you find out what works, try to repeat that until it don't. Then go back to square one and redevelop the whole process again until you find something else and until you're making pots that matter for folks who care. Because if you're making pots that don't matter for folks who don't care, you might as well be selling stuff to Walmart, friends. They can go to Walmart and they can buy pots that don't matter. They can go to Walmart and buy a mug for $7 that they can put coffee in and drink out of. But friends, those types of pots down there, they don't matter much because they didn't come from your hand. And I think folks enjoy things that matter a lot more rather than things that don't matter, right? So always make work that matters.
Okay, well, I hope you enjoyed this little chat around the wheel. <laughs> I don't know. Um, we found our pin tool and we had a little conversation about creating work. And thanks so much for listening to episode two of season one. And I'll try to get some uh, better quality sound and all that. But I so appreciate everybody who listens, even if one person listens. Um, feel free to email me, right, at creekroadpotterygmail.com and let me know if you enjoyed the show. And uh, stop by the website even. We, we have a newsletter that you can sign up for. And uh, I'm going to try to do a better job at getting out newsletters. We have a blog there, and then I have a store also. But the Facebook page and Facebook community has been great. And uh, so you can see some work there. But I really appreciate you stopping in and listening. And always remember to make pots that matter for folks who care. Take care until next week. Be well, take care of yourselves and each other, and have a great day. Mm-hmm.